0: Saturday. What day is it today?
1: Wednesday.
2: Exactly.
0: It's time to make the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to talk the Oscars on Film Fight Club tonight. Welcome to Film Fight Club and the Falcon Slam like Falcon screen and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. I love the Oscars. Oscars for me. And freelance writing critic Rot Nehru. I thought
1: I'd be depressed by
2: now, but I'm actually not. And this is very surprising, given it's post-Oscar season right now.
1: Now, look, we all uh, complain every year about the Oscars, um, and uh, we always say we're not going to watch it. We always do. But this year it's different because we're actually
0: kind of happy about it. It's one of the better Oscar ceremonies and award givings we've ever had. We're going to get into that in the moment. We're just going to be talking Prisoners of the Ghost Land, the new Shion Sono film, which is having an encore screening at Fantastic Film Festival this Sunday. And a bit about 2SER because it is the 2SER supporters drive. But first, we're talking news of the week. As for the Fantastic Film Festival Australia is screening until this Sunday with an encore screening of Prisoners of the Ghost Land extending the festival through to Sunday The Human Rights Art and Film Festival continues until Saturday online. As does the Geelong Pride Film Festival, uh, which actually continues further into May. The Spanish Film Festival is ongoing at Palace Cinemas around the country. The third annual Cinema Reborn—it was the first festival to cancel last year—and they set dates ahead a year in advance. And those dates are happening as set from Thursday through to Sunday. Jeffrey Gardners put together an amazing program. We've had him on the show before, so go check that at the Ritz, lovely venue. Chris and I spent quite a bit of time there this weekend past. The Antenna Documentary Film Festival is having a special event this Saturday. Flickerfest Australia is coming back to Sydney after a few months following its Bondi run in January with an event in Parramatta starting this Saturday. And the Ritz Cinema 2 are having an open film screening for filmmakers. You're invited to just submit films, projects you've been working on up to five minutes. That is happening on May 19th. A good open mic type screening for filmmakers. And you have to send your DCPs in by May 5th. Before we get into the Oscars, we want to talk a little bit about 2SCR. It is the 2SCR Supporters Drive. The theme is Wish You Were Here. And yeah, there are prizes available and this, uh, and it's all online this year. We're asking people to please subscribe, head online. If you haven't joined in a few years, join because 2SCR is awesome and we love the support and uh, just hoping that we can all keep doing what we're doing.
2: I think the theme this year is especially pertinent because Wish You Were Here. We still aren't in the studio and I kind of wish we were back in I the studio. I wish we were back in the <laughs> yeah. studio, yeah. So even though we're doing it from a podcast booth uh, in a co-working space and we're very lucky to have a podcasting booth, but I kind of wish the studio vibe was back. So I wish you guys were here with us in the studio.
1: Yeah, I love Tuisiya. Uh, I miss that place. But fortunately, they continue to broadcast great programs like this one you're listening to now with geniuses such as the Film Fight Club Trio. You no, wanna- but for real, it's great. <laughs> yeah. No one else would let us do <laughs> such a loose show where we get to, you know, just like whine, project all our twitter hardened cynical views on the oscars or whatever we feel like doing this week um and hopefully you know people hopefully people find it interesting and of value and uh you know, 2SER makes it happen.
0: Yeah, we love covering festivals and not just the major releases, local independent stuff and local filmmakers. Mm. 2SER lets like us do that for what it's worth. They never ever said to us in all these years, we want you need to cover this or this sort of film. They're giving us that creative freedom. That's we right. appreciate it. Not a lot of places would do that.
1: That's right. And it, it's not just for our show. It stretches to all the programs. Absolutely. They do some incredible current affairs and news shows on 2SER. Um, if you are just listening to the podcast, I, I really recommend you actually check out the other podcasts, 2SER, put out or if you're in sydney listen to them on the radio um i think especially in the pandemic a lot of community organizations have suffered
2: uh, because of funding so i guess you know if you do listen to ser i'm not saying that you know you have to but if you want to support organizations because you know it's your favorite radio station which come on of course it it should be it should be then Then, you know just, just subscribe you know give check them a few dollars and you might win something
0: yeah, there are turntables available as prizes, but there's also a subscriber packs. All supri- uh, subscribers get a sign up pack, and past subscribers also get a t shirt. Whew. full 2SR t-shirt which stands for Sydney educational radio so you can learn and, b- and be informed but also be entertained
1: yep.
2: wait is that what the full form is? Yeah, did <laughs> you not know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, that's, that's what it means yeah. <laughs> at
0: least you want to show it to us at least pretend you know that for us. we'll Sorry.
2: learn something today <laughs> I, <and> l- <laughs> I literally had a light bulb when I was just like oh okay did not know that okay cool
0: <laughs> yeah so uh, it's great 2SR is great uh, please do subscribe and if you have any questions reach out to us at Film Fight Club or directly at the station um yeah oh
1: yeah um speaking of at film fight club yeah on twitter i'm actually updating the account now uh, and these guys can as well and maybe will but yeah twitter.com slash film fight club au follow us we're now actually regularly updating and also uh facebook.com slash film fight club trying to uh get those social media profiles actually more active um if you listen come you know Join, engage with us, give us suggestions directly yes. there. would be really appreciated. Uh, I was seeing Let's this today
2: because uh, Chris was managing our account from Film Fight Club, live-tweeting the Oscars. It oh yeah, probably a better commentary on the Oscars than any of the official blogs that were doing commentary.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was really fun. And you were interactive with a lot of folks, and that was yeah. nice. And that's, that's good because... The commentary. It, should, it shouldn't just be, this is what I think of every award. It's as anyone who's live tweeting anything, just be interactive, had some fun. Mm. We had some, and we, you know, we had fun with the Oscars this we year. We absolutely because, did. It was better and more, you know what? Every year there's speech, speeches, and but this year it, there wasn't as much sanctimony. It was sincere. There were a lot of really beautiful, well meaning. Um, notes. Um the Trent Rasner who did his speech for Soul, Um Thomas Vinterberg, who won Best Foreign Film, had a beautiful speech where he spoke Vinter- about his daughter who passed away last year. Yeah,
1: uh, Vinterberg's speech was terrific. I'm going to use Vinterberg's speech as an excuse to uh, slam Emerald Fennell and promising young woman, uh, because <laughs> I, I can't resist the opportunity and the contrast was it, so it, great. It,
2: it didn't win as
1: many as it uh, no one I'd want it to. It yeah, no, extremely. no. Yeah, I agree. Thank God. But um, <laughs> Tom Vinterberg started out his speech talking about how long he's dreamed of um, giving an Oscar speech and he's always thinking about what he would say and saying, you know, a lot of thought and preparation has gone into this. And then he went on to give an incredible speech. It was funny because it came shortly after Emerald Fennell coming out, getting up and saying, oh, I didn't write a speech because people, you know, told me to, but I never thought I would win. Lady, please. You won the best screenplay at the BAFTAs. Very recently, she won a number of Critics Awards in the lead-up to this, and in betting sites, she was the odds-on favourite. This reminds me of when re- last week at the Spirit Awards, she uh, said, oh, I'm live-tweeting from my, my cold garage. You know, I'm
0: Zooming from my cold garage. Uh, to be it's everywhere it, is cold in England, Chris. <sighs> yeah, it, it, It's it, not it, that. I mean, I mean, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, the Oscars is a big thing, and, just, and the
2: fact that a lot of people who claim to go up on stage and then say they're unprepared with the yeah. speech. It
1: just, she, she clearly was the only knew, one who did that this year. She clearly knew everything she wanted to say. I compared it to the Spirit Awards thing because it just struck me as false modesty. You know, yeah, like, yeah.
0: Compare it to the best-supporting actress. I'm just like you. you. I'm who, so who, shocked. You know, who gave a very impromptu and also very sincere speech, just talking about, I can't believe I'm up here, looking at Glenn Close and all these amazing performers. Um, the she other, made a great
1: point where she said that um, it, you can't compare... The acting uh, uh, nominees because they're doing the job for that specific film. You're not watching, you know, the same actresses nominated all playing one role. You're comparing people doing completely different jobs. So, how can one
0: issue with the Oscars where they want to? And we talked about where they want to go for loud performances, but. Oftentimes, I'm happy with Mark Rylance I'd argue it happened a couple of times this year they do actually reward the best performers this year
1: I feel like the acting awards pretty much went to the best performers
0: and you know what Kalua also one of the best speeches Um, very sincere talking about uh, social justice activism talking about um, the history of his film and the person he was representing it was great and also just a nice reminder along with Rosarckman's presentation that all Hollywood's best actors are actually British Mm -hmm. that's true but also
2: you know um, uh, the speeches are nice this time around around because of the unrehearsed element as well for example cleavage speech him dropping the fact that he's glad his parents had
0: sex was his mom's reaction i'm so (laughs) glad they cut to her it was so just like oh my god my son is on national international television talking about me having sex great
2: so but that's the thing i mean that's the thing i miss because you know great speeches are great but what makes great tv is literally reality tv it's unscripted drama and this is
1: oh well we'll eventually we'll have to get to the the ending oh. on that note but <laughs> yes. bef- but while we're talking about great speeches <laughs> i also want to say that chloe Zhao's speech was really nice
0: uh, chloe Zhao's speech as importantly Nomad Land won three awards the biggest winner of the night including chloe Zhao for best director making her the second woman to win best director and the first woman of color to win best director as discussed last week you can listen to our oscars predictions it was well deserved mm. and she absolutely should she n- nailed that film and should have won that award. I am glad you did.
2: I mean, we all wanted uh, Nomadland to win, but we were all fearing that it won't because yeah. it's such a quiet film. But I'm I am glad that I you thought know, it would win, but I was
1: af- afraid it, it wouldn't. But yeah. the um, to speak about the big miscalculation of the night, which is the <laughs> the uh, new, improved, new and different order that the awards came in. I think that they really undermined Chloe Zhao's win by putting it at the beginning of the night. Like traditionally, the Oscars have followed it's not exactly order of importance but they save the most important stuff for last you've yeah, got the it best director
0: goes best actor actress actor director film yeah always the way not always but for sometimes they shuffle it
1: so there's director and then there's actors then there's film
0: sometimes actor then best actress yeah how great would it have been if it ended on um francis mcdormand's wolf howl which um, i only found out after the oscars um tribute to wolf Wolf snyder the sound recordist yeah Mike Wolf snyder who passed away just the past few days yeah 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 um
1: good tribute but the the And the way they gave it to Zhao at the beginning meant that they undermined in another way Nomadland winning Best Picture because usually there have been some exceptions in the last uh, 10 years or so, but almost always Best Director goes to Best Picture. And to put so to, you know, the same winner for both. So to put Chloe Zhao right at the beginning, it kind of made it a foregone conclusion and an anti-climax when Nomadland won. And usually the Best Picture winner... There's a reason why they save it to the end. You know, they get the whole team up there. That's right. It's it's not just
2: communal experience. Yeah,
1: it's it's meant to be. You know, the producers go upstage, but it's become the tradition that they bring up the entire team in representation. You know, of the film, and, and then that becomes the big closing. It feels like a big finish, and it's the best picture. That's the most important award of the night. In ads where they've only got 15 seconds to talk about the film, they say "winner of 13 Academy Awards, including Best Picture." Even if it won Best Actor. There's a reason you
0: close on best picture, yeah.
2: and and it was the best picture. Like of the in, nominees, in, in, I think it category, was the best
0: yeah. as well. Yeah. Now yeah. we want to talk about why they closed on best picture. They had best actress. France. You McCormans. mean why they closed on best actor? So best actor. Excuse me. They had best actor, um, which went to Anthony Hopkins. Now I think what is very clear is that they, got smart. Of the view, they were of the view that Chadwick Bosman, because it was a posthumous award, because, yes, he's a very good actor, he's made very good films. I haven't seen uh, the one he was nominated for. Well, yeah, before, we haven't seen. Have you seen
2: Ma No, I, I don't think it got released. It's on Netflix. It okay. is on Netflix,
0: but apparently his performance is very good. Um, not everyone who's ever had a posthumous award nomination has won. Certainly um, James Dean lost twice, mm. and as have a number of others. But for the past 60 years, every actor who has been nominated has won. This uh, in, in the main acting Two high acting categories They thought he would win uh, As discussed the rings last week It was very clear that Anthony Hopkins could win He did It is certainly one of the best performances of his career It was very well deserved Chadwick Boseman uh, I don't believe that him not winning Is in any way an aspersion on his career But it was in very poor taste to put it last When they just assumed Oh we're going to capitalise on this And have it come this big thunder mm. And it was such an anticlimactic moment With Hopkins being asleep Because he never thought he'd win No look
1: it was hilarious um, the the thing is, no one reading people's predictions, no one thinks that Chadwick Boseman was a better performance than Anthony Hopkins. So that's frankly, true. that's true. It was more the sense of like, oh, I guess Boseman has to win because he, he's he's dead. Yeah, so it's, it's the old thing. He's owed. Yeah. yeah. So they shouldn't, uh, and the public love him because he played a superhero.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but uh, Hopkins
0: has made one of those performance of his career, and he's yeah, amazing. But and the, and they the, love him.
1: the point I'm trying to make is, this was a foreseeable outcome they should not have put all their eggs in the basket of uh, Bozeman is going to win at the end of the night and we're going to close on that because that's the moment that's going to go viral and it's going to be emotional when his widow gets up and gives the speech.
2: Exactly. And that's not just the point. It's the point it's basically pre-empting manufactured drama, right? You, yeah. You're capturing on someone's grief. and for someone like, oh, That's going to be big. Yeah, especially for, for his so wife. It's so cynical. It could have been a really emotional moment if it happened, if it eventuated. And you are capturing that into making it into TV drama. The thing
1: is, beautiful emotional moments in terms of the, the winner speeches happen randomly throughout the night. You can't predict it. And when you try to, we see what happens.
0: And the best moments came as in any other year from where we didn't expect it from some of the quote-unquote smaller awards. It's also just kind of sad because it is an otherwise quite sincere night for the reasons discussed. It was such a cynical move. And... What I was saying before about how it undermines Nomadland—that is the
1: big moment. Chloe Zhao, a Chinese woman in America, won—you know, won best picture and best director. That's the big moment. But they decided that was that wasn't big enough, or the general public don't care enough because it's not Marvel-related, and it's yeah. got to go to Chad, Chadwick Bozeman.
2: Back-to-back uh, Asian directors winning. Uh but yeah. that
1: is the big moment that was something that was organically going to happen but they've, they they s- decided that wasn't good enough you know that that's what i mean when i say that they uh, cut the legs off the nomadland win and made it it's disrespectful to everyone it it lo- looks it makes nomadland look worse because of not giving it its big moment it it looks bad for chadwick Bozeman because of the embarrassment when they clearly set him up to win uh it looks it looks bad for anthony hopkins because he, uh, you know, clearly with the way they'd set it up, it, it probably convinced him that he wasn't going to win because appa- allegedly he was there at the BAFTA ceremony where they could have live-crossed to him giving a speech, but he decided because it was so late and he wasn't going to win, he just went home.
0: Um, and, of course, it makes the Academy look bad. Frankly, they deserve it. Yeah, he's he's going to be very happy when he wakes up. Notably, it's also a big event for him because um, he is now the record holder for the oldest oscar the acting category, 83, beating Christopher Plummer, who passed away... This year, I'm um, speaking of which Christopher Plummer was featured in... Actually, f- before I forget, I just want to uh, note something that uh, attached mentioned, that we had two Asian directors winning back-to-back. We saw many of the best presentations ever made this year. Bong Joon-ho's presentation on directors, the history of directors, with his um, interpreter, was one of the best I've seen. And also, it gave each of the directors who were nominated an opportunity to talk a little bit about directing and comments. And one of my favorite one, I've just got a note from David Fincher, which was fantastic. Just simply commenting that there's one of two ways to make a film about filmmaking, and one of them is wrong. I'm sure people can be puzzling what that is, and I'd love to know what that was. But um, it was one of the best segments um, from a presentation standpoint of the night and th- ever. Actually, I think
1: he just means tr- kind of like trusting your your instincts. There are all kinds of thing- ways, but usually you come down to like, should I do it this way or should I do it that way? And he's, the way Fincher sees it, there's just one way that's correct for you. That you know you need to find that way, but. I'm not ready, sorry, I just, I'm not ready to stop talking about that moment at the end of the night. We were, were sounding so, so incensed and somber yeah. <laughs> about it. Let me just state, state that is goddamn hilarious. It, it was so it. funny. You appreciate pretty
0: sure Chadwick Boston would have found it funny too.
1: Yeah. Look, it, it was really funny because going with what we were saying before about they were trying to create huge drama and then Hopkins wasn't even there. Yeah, the Oscars it failed. Yeah, it usually, it just kind of abruptly ends. Yes, it usually ends with this big victory lap kind of feeling. And after it was like, all right, the winner is Anthony Hopkins. He accepts it on behalf of the Academy. And then Questlove kind of gets up there and you can kind of sense the bewilderment on his face when he's kind of like, yeah, so uh, that's it for the awards and uh, see you next year. I can't remember what he actually said, but that was the vibe it g- yeah, came yeah, off. Yeah. I,
0: it, was, I, it was roll to credits. It was roll to, to – fade to black now.
1: Yeah, it was it was bizarre, really. Like they they tried to manipulate it and uh, they got echo in their faces and hooray, they let them never do that again.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean the problem is uh, if we take this element
1: out of this year's ceremony, otherwise this year was – that's it. This Beautiful. is now everything that you rem- you remember about it. Exactly, and that's a problem. It's overshadowing some of the other great things about it, like they've decided to give you some biographical information on all of the nominees. So it's not just like, who's this dude? Who's this dude in makeup and hair styling? It's like, oh, now I get a little bit of a sense of who this person yeah. is. And what was fantastic about
0: this ceremony is that it was not just that it was shorter, that without the introductions of individuals who represent each awards and bad banter and clip shows, it was actually more intimate. But you got a little, a little bit more about the presentees, uh, the, the limited ones that there are, and about the nominees and awardees. You had more time for the speeches, but more than that – you didn't have all this just awkward banter and filler, except in one moment where individuals walked into the crowd of some interviews. Just because of the COVID, it necessitated the lack of this format, mm. which meant it was much better.
1: There's one thing, though, uh, that's a major criticism in terms of how they presented it. And for me, that was the in memoriam. All right. That was really disrespectful.
0: Okay. I, I was that was actually my next point. In what respect do you think I've seen a lot of chatter about this online? I don't entirely agree. In what respect do you think was disrespectful?
1: It was so fast. It was like, we're trying to make as fast a presentation as possible that it was like, let's skip over all these people. Boom, 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 boom. So fast. In fact, that for a few of them, when they had like three things listed, like director, screenwriter, producer, or whatever the hell I could not read all of it. And I I am a fast reader. That is not cool. Right, you'd need to slow it down and pause it to to see that stuff, and it's a live telecast. And okay. then at the end, they slowed it down for James Bond and Chadwick Boseman. I get that they're iconic, James Bond. I, I get Sean Connery. I get that they're iconic. I, I'm not trying to take away from that, but to it, but it it's so kind of pandering in the same way as the Chadwick Boseman finisher they were going for, because it's like, yeah. here's all these people you don't care about, and here's the guys who are in action movies.
0: Um, they do that every year.
1: But they don't hold. It's the contrast was dramatic. The way that they skipped over so far, it's yeah. much, much faster to skip over all those people than they have ever done before. It was clearly like we're doing this um, for time, and then at the end they held those guys for a really long time. I'm going to say like eight times yeah. as long as everyone else.
0: All I'm going to say on that is this: if it is the reason that they a lot of the same time the memorial and segment every year, and that they just had more people who passed away this year, that's chilling. That's terrific. That's something to reflect on more than anything else. Good point. But um, I I will say though that like if that's the case. They should have, you know, given a bit
1: less time for Sean Connery and Chadwick Boseman, no matter how legendary they are, just so that they could give a, make it, you know, make the text legible. That's just showing respect.
2: I mean, I mean, not just that.
1: I mean, the problem was also that they
2: skipped over some of the people who also passed away, who probably are more influential. Um, Obiashi, one for example.
1: Yeah, but the yeah. Obayashi getting. Um, did he die this year or was it last year? It's, I think he died, oh no! yeah, you're no, right, no, yeah. last year is 2020, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. No, but Ob- Obayashi was never going to get
0: yeah. recognised um, at the Oscars And there were a few actually, um, Fiona Frankly. Williams from SBS noted on Twitter that um, Jessica Walter was um, not noted
1: Yeah, and I, th- I uh, was surprised by that, because uh, people thought maybe she'd be up next year, but, but apparently Wolf Snyder made it in, and when did he only die last week? The last few days, I understand So it's yeah. weird that they forgot Jessica Walter
0: um, and I said, you know what? I, I know people criticize the music choice. I like the music choice. I thought it
1: was fine. It was upbeat, but, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, but no, it was still wrong with that. It was still a, a so sad song. It was somber. It was somber, yeah. yeah. I, I thought the music choice was fine. But I it's, disagree it's, with those criticisms. It's criticism.
2: difficult to reflect upon death uh, when you're in the middle of a pandemic. It, it's difficult to strike the right note. And, hmm. you know, I can forgive them for not knowing how exactly to do that. Because in the other years, you can have the memoriam in a way that you can have a proper song and somebody will play, and it'll be a, you know, a, a moment which is very different to the rest of the ceremony. Mm. But because we're living in a time where everything reminds you that you're living in a pandemic, and the mortality is so obvious, I think it's maybe that would be one of the reasons why they would try to skip over a
0: lot of the names. And no, but it doesn't justify why they did it still. I'm um, turning to a few of the other categories. Um, the best original song, Judas and the Black Messiah, won as it did for original score. Uh, Weird.
1: The was. The is, was is is a, a I, I did not like the Eurovision movie really, but that song was great. It
0: was sincere. It was Frankly, nice. it, it should have won. It was a great
1: pop song. Yes. Even just like hearing it in, in the song clips, it's like, how could you not have chosen it?
0: I agreed. Yeah. Uh, not not unironically, Absolutely so. Yeah. Um, Tenant won for Best Visual Effects, I'd say. Well well-deserved. Deserved. Yeah. Um, the one, the biggest disappointment to me for the night was Mank when he was cinematography. That was a ridiculous. Of, a couple of things on this. First of all, Mank now has more Academy Awards than Citizen Kane. <laughs> Good reminder of how <laughs> worthless the Oscars really are at the end of the day. Sad. Um, Richard Brody from The New Yorker made the excellent point that the cinematography in Mank actually belongs very greatly so in the visual effects category. Mm. And you know what? Just using black and white, not deploying it well, mimicking doing Orson Welles, not doing it as well as Orson Welles, that did not deserve best cinematography. Yeah, it was... Uh, Nomadland did.
1: It was definitely an homage to Welles and Toland. And at points it was clear we are trying to recapture what they did in the, with their cinematography. However... At other times, it was really nothing like what they did. I'm not yeah, saying it, so, it
2: was quite uh, placid. Yeah, yeah, so
1: the inconsistency of the approach was strange to me. Um,
2: and it's funny that a film that is trying to recreate an older film gets the Oscar um, rather than you, the original film, which is
1: probably still more inventive in its cinematography sense. Oh, not sense. probably. 100% yeah. it is. Um, and uh, you know what it, what it reveals at the end of the day? If you shoot in black and white, you are winning best cinematography. There's a yeah. there's a really good track record coming up now, like contemporary black and white. You're in, baby. Um, Sorry, Sam Levinson, send the Malcolm and Marie. Maybe next. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> oh yeah, that movie. That
0: movie was, was yeah
1: too hated on to make oh, it in. Glad I didn't
0: get a nomination. But, there.
1: okay, there's one other win that that was stupid, and that was best documentary feature.
0: That 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 like
1: I'm not I that, I, I love my octopus teacher, my but octopus, it's
2: not it's not a documentary. I, well,
1: I my octopus teacher is good, but like, have you guys seen Time? Time is, you should watch Time on Prime. Time is
2: great. Uh, Crip Camp is a, uh, Crip Camp, I sorry. haven't seen Crip Camp. It, it's also great. It's on movie. So, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Oh,
1: all right. Well, I I'm, know so, I'm, I'm watching Crip Camp, but Time is. That was is, actually
2: one of the strongest categories.
1: Time is a much better movie I, I, than uh, My Octopus Teacher, which is good, but the filmmaking, you know, is kind of a bit basic and it's a bit over protracted, I think, in what it does. I have, Time I have, is really hard hitting. I haven't seen Collective yet, but uh, from friends who have, I've heard that that one is excellent as well. So I think that that's the big embarrassing choice. I I have a bigger problem with with that because I feel
2: like uh, My Octopus Teacher doesn't belong in that category. I think it's more a a fiction feature rather than a documentary feature. Yeah, that's what I feel.
1: Well, for me, the the bigger issue with My Octopus Teacher is like it's very personal and sincere, but I don't think that um, his experience was translated well enough in cinematic terms for you to feel it as much as he did and as the film wants you to.
2: But it's it's a it's a personal uh, autobiographical kind of essay, and it was more fictional than a documentary. And I feel you you, you could have basically awarded the other films were more documentarian in nature mm. in what they were trying to do with their subject matter, whereas this film was clearly blending and blurring the lines between what is fiction and what could be documentary.
0: Yeah, so yeah. That gets most of Oscar's coverage to note. There's a major spread. Nomad Lad won three, and two went to Sound of Metal, and also to Mank.:
1: No, no, no. We have to talk
0: about Glenn Close. Oh dear, uh. oh. Glenn Close. Yeah, um, she didn't win the award before. Uh, uh, but before we came in, <laughs> Glenn was was
1: talking about the like the the debut thing that she did, and was like, it's, apparently, L.A. Times says it's
0: not not real. I was like, dude, how could that be real? Do you think like I'm I'm just surprised that someone a has got a source in this and reported on it. Look, that it it had to be fake because, like, she knew all these random trivia facts about the
1: song. It was like it's it's like the way that a dumbass writer writes, like, let's show that this person really does know the thing. So it's like, yes, I know this thing. It was number one in nineteen eighty-six at at the da, da 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 da, and it was written by X and Y of the DC Bat You know, it it was so DC I, I, universe. <laughs> but like, it was just funny to me because it made Glenn Close look even more desperate. It was yeah. like it was like we're going to have a viral sensation. Look at how funny it is to watch this old lady shaking her butt. Yeah, and like,
2: and instead of giving her an Academy Award.
1: Yeah, 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 and it's <laughs> like Glenn Close. Please notice me, please, please notice me. It's like yes, I'll debase myself to win was, your um, being awarded. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that, that shaking your butt means you're debasing yourself, but but, but, it's, but, but, but the whole thing of like partaking in that kind of like manufactured viral uh, event yeah. is. But
2: this was the problem of this year's Oscars. They were trying to manufacture too many moments... When they didn't need
1: to. The times that they did backfired majorly. Yeah. And when you're saying, like, how, how would they have a, a source? It's the LA Times. They'd know people involved in the making of that telecast. Okay. They are, no, El, they yes, are really they, they well. They know Stephen
0: Soderbergh. they got a phone line. They're really well. They produced this very importantly. Yeah,
1: they're super well connected in Hollywood. They would know people who, who know the ins and outs of how that was put together.
0: The only thing good about the Glenn
2: Close thing was that I'm glad she didn't win the Oscar because she was owed. I'm I'm sick of that
0: kind of mentality. Yeah. And so and especially for Hillbilly year, Elegy. That was a horrible performance. She's just so problem. desperate for an oscar but the, but the, doing like, these things like the, albert the, knobs the, the, or hillbilly elegy winners, and then the two winners were repeat winners and the dormant won three so, hopkins won for silence this is a better performance they didn't give it to the people who they thought it was due they gave it to the people who deserved it this year um speaking of people think speaking of people who deserve it oscars shame on steven spielberg for listing the west side story trailer during the oscars i know it's the 60th anniversary of winning what, eight academy awards why do you say shame but on him still, give everyone else a chance let let everyone look at these filmmakers, for a moment, come on. Oh, it was more track. because
1: it's like here's the movie where they're positioning it to win the Oscars next year. I know, but that's wait, why they put it there. Wait,
0: just just g- give it a few hours, mate. Come on.
1: It was no, it was just a thing. It was showed during the ads. It was just a thing to because like you've got all the eyes of the people who would be interested in a new musical watching. It was so it was it took up a commercial break in the US telecast. Oh, makes I, sense I, to I, me. I wish they showed it showed on Channel Seven. Did they show the trailer? No, they didn't, I wish they had. Yeah, but like it makes sense as an ad because it's like. Directly advertising to the people who are going to count.
0: So that is our Oscars coverage. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, to note, please do subscribe to the 2SCR Wish We Here Scrubbercast. Um, you can win, t- uh, there are t shirts uh, for passionate subscribers, and you can win a t- couple of turntables. And it's a great setup. We really appreciate the support. Um, in our last uh, minute, we just want to talk briefly about Princess of the Ghostland*. Land. Which Shion
1: Sono, is- Nicolas Cage. And it is very much a Shion Sono. Nicolas Cage movie.
0: Screening, Sunday 6 p.m. on, on, on ball screening. It is with a very limited production budget, a really limited space to stage it. They did a lot and created a very big world, which in parts was very, very fun. And
1: yeah, it, it's creative. It's not that ambitious. Um, I think they were, they were trying to make a small limited classic B-movie for
0: the midnight movie circuit
1: um, with some inventive weird East, east meets
0: West Touches and very Nicolas Cage moments. There was big some Nick Cage scenes meme scenes moments with um, use of color. I wish there'd been more of those, particularly the opening scene, which I wish had been replicated throughout more of the rest of the film. That there was some impressive world building for the scale of the world they could build here.
1: What did you think?
2: I I, I liked it in the sense, but you know, but Sona the problem is he is a beautiful world builder. But the thing is, his detailing is often a problem. You know, he's very broad brushed. And you get a sense of the world, but it never feels lived in. In this one, though, because. It's a stylistic exercise, really.
1: I agree, the world didn't feel lived in, but it was so fantastical, that would have been quite a challenge.
2: But but I did like the idea because he was sticking to a a spaghetti western kind of pattern. You still got a complete arc, which a lot of films of his do not get because he gets lost in the
1: excess. I'd recommend it um, if you're into these filmmakers. Otherwise, no. But it's good. It's that, fun.
0: So that meme ready Nicholas Cage on Shona film is screening uh, "Prisoners of the Ghost Land" Sunday night as an Uncle screening at Fantastic Film Festival at Ritz. Stay tuned for the Sonic Assassin. Please Get join us the on radio. Twitter and Facebook at Film This has been Glenn Falcons. Chris Evans and Rue. Enjoy the Oscars. Enjoy movies, and have a wonderful night.
1: Better luck next year, Academy.